This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to the Human Animal Connection Show, where we believe we can communicate with all animals. Join us as we explore the 33 principles and healing methods of the human animal connection. As animal lovers, we know that you share our commitment to making the world a kinder place for all creatures. Together, let's embrace the transformative healing power of the human animal connection. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Human Animal Connection Show. I'm your host, Michael Overly, and I'm with Jeannie Joseph, and we have another amazing episode to talk about today. Jeannie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, today we're talking about one of the principles, principle number 21 in the human animal connection, and that is the principle of towards and away. And what we, on the human side, what we want to help people do is letting their natural impulses lead you where you need to go. So this doesn't mean that they're going to run you wild, but it's like if you have a situation where you're not paying attention to your body, to your gut sense, your intuition, we want to allow your natural sense of towards and away to lead you either towards something good or away from something bad. Mm-hmm. So in in the uh, one of the things we look at with animals, healthy animals, if they haven't been traumatized, they have a really natural sense of towards and away. They move towards what feels good, what's desired, what's fun, and they move away from what's scary, what's not fun, you know, what's bad for them. But when they've been traumatized, what happens is they often have had that natural uh, impulse blocked for one reason or another in a traumatic situation, like they couldn't get away from something that was dangerous or whatever it is, or if that becomes too much, too much sustained trauma, then they actually get their towards and away messed up. And they actually will move away to, they move towards what's scary and away from what's nurturing. So the in the case of the dog that we're fostering right now from the shelter, she's what's called a purple dot dog with a lot of behavioral issues. She did not think that humans were something to move towards because they were not trustworthy. They were not safe. So even if you had a wonderful stinky treat in your hand, she wasn't coming near you because she didn't have a natural towards a good good meaning a person, you know, a safe person. So animals are healthy right away. They just sense, you know, like they meet a new person on the street. They either want to go say hi or they don't want to say hi. They know right away, this is a dog person. This dog person really wants to meet me. I really want to meet that person. There's a lovely little meeting and we keep walking. It's it's short and sweet. But with a, a dog that's had that messed up, they don't have that same natural ability to follow that impulse. And with humans too, we have that natural sense of towards and away, especially if we're connected to our animal nature, to our animality. This is one of the reasons to be connected to your animal nature is because this part of your intuition can really serve you well. So uh, it's interesting that you have Lulu now, and she's, she's similar behaviorally, it seems like, to indigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and indigo does not have this natural trust of either humans or dogs. Mm-hmm. And so she... Um, she does the opposite of what most people would do. She goes towards what is scaring her because she wants to, I, I don't know, maybe she wants to chase it away, whatever that is. But she becomes assertive and even aggressive towards people and dogs that get you close to her. Yes. Yes. So this is just a perfect example of that. And um, in the last show, we did talk about 
some tips on dog introductions I forgot to mention, I'm glad we get to come back to it, is that if you can keep the dogs moving, you're going to have better chance of success. Say on a walk, this is a leash situation, you're walking and there's that trigger. If one or both dogs keep moving, there's going to be less stress. And Mm -hmm. when, when we are doing, when I do the dog introductions, like at a shelter environment, if I'm in control of the introduction, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the dogs walk from opposite ends and cross each other. And every time they cross each other peacefully, they get a treat. And so they begin, then it gets closer and closer, and then I'll eventually have them sit uh, close to each other while we're walking and then keep walking. But the notion of continuing to walk um, reduces some of that fear aggression or fear response in a dog that's had some trauma around so that their natural towards and away isn't working properly. So again, both in humans and animals, when we've been traumatized, our towards and away gets messed up with, and we actually move towards what's bad for us and away from what's good to us. And that's why you see people who've been in, let's say, situations of domestic violence, they get finally get out of that relationship and they move to a new city and they meet a new person, but they haven't changed their own patterns. And they're right back into moving towards someone who's abusive again, even if that person was nice in the first six weeks of dating or something, but instinctually they are recognizing the similarity and they're moving towards an unsafe person again. So this is why it's so important for both people and dogs to begin to get their healthy towards in a way impulse working normally, working the way it's supposed to be, which is towards what's good away from what's bad or unsafe. So yeah, so with with Indigo, it's really good to don't let her stop and sit. I know some trainers will say stop and sit. No, don't stop and sit. (laughs) You want to keep her in motion because Mm -hmm. that's going to lower her stress level if she's still in motion and she knows that, okay, we're going to pass this dog and she gets used to the idea, something scary, we're just going to keep right on walking. And that builds the trust in you as the protector and makes her realize that you are looking out for her and making good choices until she can start making those good choices herself. Yep. I like that. Something else we've done is turn and go the same direction. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've, I've worked with some of my neighbors and their dogs with mm-hmm. Indigo, and mm-hmm. um, we've actually started opposite sides of the street, walking right. the same direction. It like removes all the stress. Yeah. And yeah. then we, we can slowly move them closer, slowly move them closer. Next thing I know, they're sniffing grass together, right? Exactly. So, right. Um, but yeah, it's, so- it's, that, it's that trust and there's no, there's no threat. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for Indigo, there's the, if it's a frontal yeah. um, oh, indication, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then for her, it's instant threat. Yes. Well, for some dogs, you know, any sustained eye contact, and when I say sustained eye contact, I mean more than two seconds, um, can be a threat signal. So if they're going nose to nose, that because there's a really bad, bad situation for dogs that are reactive. You don't want to, you want to mm-hmm. interrupt that and get them moving in the same direction or opposite directions, or at least doing motion. So motion is language. It's communication to a dog. And when the dog says, oh, I'm moving, she's the other dog's moving, everything's okay. That's a good sign, right? But stop, stare, oops, trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are some subtle signs then of towards and away? Like what, um, pick on me if you like, but what, yeah. what, what, what could I do um, to notice it in the other dogs coming towards us and then mm-hmm. also with indigo? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Yeah, so we really want to get attuned to towards and away and the animals who share our lives to make situations more calm and peaceful that happen. And there's always situations that happen. So the most obvious towards and away is literally moving towards or literally moving away. But sometimes um, animals, like let's say they're not free to move, they're on a leash, they can't make their own choice. We want to look for a head turn 
head turn away. So um, this is a polite thing to do, but it's also a sign that I'm making things safer. Two dogs see each other from the front. One dog turns away. That dog is being polite, saying, I'm safe. Everything's okay. You know, we're not going to stare at each other and get into that primal gorilla stare. You know, if you stare at a gorilla for more than two seconds, they'll attack you because you started it, <laughs> right? So um, there are subtle signals like that, um, subtly backing away, uh, turning even the eyes, like even if the dog is like with you, but maybe you're in a tense mood or something like that, and your dog is kind of starts looking away from you, that's a, an away sign. So each dog will have a little bit of slightly different nuances. What you want to do is recognize what are the towards and aways that your dog shows? How does your dog show? I want more attention and connection. I want less attention and connection. And that allows us to be politer and more respectful of their opinions and their needs. And you see the same thing with the dogs. When you're walking, you know, indigo, you want to see, has her pace changed? Is her body getting stiffer? Is she standing still or freezing? Those are all signs that she's under stress. Those are all get this situ stressful situation away from me, or let's keep moving so we don't have to be in the bubble of stress, meaning in, in the proximity of stress, because distance is a factor. Like let's say with Indigo, you mentioned Indigo and the other dog walking across the street from each other in the same direction, great to start at distance. Then as that becomes okay, you can move five feet closer, three feet closer, whatever the distance is until you start to see the away signal again. And then you know you need to either stay at the same pace or move a little further back. So you're always adjusting it based upon the signals that you're correctly interpreting from from what your animal is saying about towards and away. Yeah. I think it's so, I mean, because we, we most of us don't know how to read dog. Right. Right. We, didn't, right. we don't pay attention to our own dog necessarily, let alone the other dogs coming down the street. So, right. Well, some of these signals are very subtle. So, you know, just the fact that your dog is not, the tail isn't wiggling or the butt isn't wiggling and they're all of a sudden they're stiff and frozen. You know, that's a, that's a strong, I don't like the situation. Something here is stressful. So recognizing that early, the earlier you recognize it, the less likely it is to escalate into growling or lunging or barking or mounting or something else that is more accelerated if we if we don't catch it. So when you see healthy dogs in a play group, they respond, you know, they give each other really strong signals, but they're quick and sudden the other dog learns and it's over. So in a moment, it's like, ah, <laughs> and it's over, right? And the other dog learns. So like Lulu is taking longer to learn. The other dogs mm -hmm. are saying, hey, no, too close. Or get out of my butt, you know, and she doesn't get it. She's like, no, I want to sniff. I want to sniff. I want to sniff. I want to sniff. <laughs> she doesn't mean anything bad by it, but it's not respectful. It's not respecting the other dog's uh, away signal. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, again, similar to Indigo, she never learned how to dog, right? Right. Um, a lot of these dogs, they get taken from their moms really young and they're thrown yep. in their backyard and they're just not exposed to other animals to learn. Exactly right. Yeah. So the importance of socializing dogs um, early, but also at any stage in life, just doing it slowly and in ways that are appropriate for their level, what, what they can handle. It's not about throwing them into a dog park or something like that. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which I don't, neither one of us recommend, right? Right. So right. Can, can you tell me about Sophia and the airman? Yeah, so I was teaching a class at the Air Force Base, and um, Sophia, my my dog, he's a, she's a therapy dog, so she's a certified therapy dog. She attends class with me, and she had been laying in her bed uh, through the course of the class. Everything she was perfectly calm, and every she had met everybody, said hello, and then she went back to her bed. And I was teaching, and the door burst open, and an airman burst in the room, and he was late for class, and he was very, he, I'm sorry, but he was very stressed. Sophia got up, and you have to understand, she's 25 pounds. This was a tall airman. She got up, went towards him, 
barking her head off at this guy, <laughs> right? Who came in, burst through the door, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean my lady, you know, all this. And she just barked like crazy. And everybody laughed because she had been with everyone else. And, you know, everybody else had come in slightly different moments and nobody, no reaction to anyone else, this one guy. And she's like going into Godzilla, right? <laughs> and it was kind of funny, you know, to see this big guy and this little dog, you know, she was really telling him, you yeah, yeah, right, you, you're, right? and it was interesting. So anyway, the, the, then after class, you know, he came up to me, apologized for being late and said he was going through some stress at work and Sophia barked at him again, you know, and I, and it was like really interesting because he was really stressed and she picked up his stress level. So it wasn't just that he came late, opened the door late because other people had come and gone through the course that this was a working unit you right so they had to come and go but his energy was so intense that it caused her to give him some warning barks which was mm -hmm. pretty funny to everyone in the room that this little dog was telling him what's what and then he recognized then he said he didn't realize how stressed he was until sophia pointed it out to him my dog pointed it out to him and he you know realized that he needed to handle a situation and just deal with it and get it sorted out because it was really stressing him and this dog knew you know, nobody else knew. They just saw a guy coming in late and we all know what it feels like to be late rushing to your seat. But he, he, it really helped him because he recognized that his stress was affecting a dog, even a dog who didn't know him, who'd never met him before, could tell that his stress level was too high and she didn't like it. A room full of airmen and women and she was fine with all of them. But this one guy, just his stress load was high. And so it's really fun to see stories like that, to recognize that dogs will tell you what's so. And so as we begin to observe, like if I had said, Sophia, bad dog, or, you know, punished her for this reaction that's not normal in a therapy dog. Okay. So this is not her normal MO, but it really was a therapeutic moment for everyone to see that, that they knew they could see that he was stressed and that it caused this dog to really sound the alarm and say, hey, the stress is too much. <laughs> yeah, she's telling him, hey, take care of your stuff, pal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, in a way that a human can. I mean, I can't say that to him, right? <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be right. <laughs> but Sophia was loud and clear. So if we're listening, they can really show us what we need to see. Love this. Yeah. Hey, hey let's take a quick break. Sure. See you soon. Hey friends, if you like what you're hearing and want to learn more, check out Dr. Joseph's book, The Human-Animal Connection, Deepening Relationships with Animals and Ourselves. Or visit the website, thehumananimalconnection.org to book an online consultation. Thank you for loving animals. Now back to the show. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we are back, everybody. Human Animal Connection Show. Jeannie, let's keep going with this. What a great yeah. topic on towards in a way. I know, I love it. It's it's so helpful. And you know, humans. When I have people in class, they say, "Okay, well, how do we fix this in ourselves?" And I, because uh, you know, so much of our society, we have to stay in places, stay in conversations longer than we want, stay at work when we don't want to be there, we stay in line when we don't want to be in line. People behind us, in front of us, it, we can't use our natural like leaving when we want to leave we have to stay sometimes so what happens is as we override our natural impulses of towards and away for a long time not just once or twice but you know years um we actually lose touch of of what it's trying to say so we can't feel our natural towards and away the way back to reconnect 
to towards in a way is to begin to recognize it. So even if you can't take action, you're standing in line, you're, and you know, this happens to me all the time. It's like this person behind me has really bad energy. I really don't want to be here, but I don't want to, you know, I have to finish what I'm this transaction, the grocery store, whatever. I just want to, but just recognizing, okay, there's a person behind me that's really stressed out. Their energy is really funky. I don't really want to be near them, but you know, this will be another 10 minutes and it'll be, I'll never see this person again. So I'm just going to, you know, manage my own stress reaction rather than say something to the person or get into a fight. Was this how a lot of fights start is that people have these uh, needs to get away, but they can't, they don't know how to recognize it or handle it in any way that's appropriate. And sometimes you can't say anything. It's not the other person's fault that they have bad energy. You know, it's just something that I need to process for myself. So by just simply recognizing what is my towards in a way feeling even if I can't act on it, I'm halfway there. So even if I have to act on it later, like I get to my car out of the grocery store and take a minute to just breathe and realize I've been exposed to some bad energy. I don't have to take it with me. I can leave it at the store and go on my way so that I don't take it with me. You know, that's an important step when we've been absorbing someone's energy that's not so comfortable. So by simply recognizing that we have a natural impulse to, up towards in a way it may have gotten messed up with through trauma or life, just the process of life. We can reconnect by becoming aware of the sensation in our body. What does it feel like to want to move towards someone? What does it feel like to want to move away? And by paying attention to our body sensations, we reconnect it. And the good news is it comes online very quickly. I mean, students who are committed to learning this 30 days later, they, they can feel their towards in a way even after severe trauma. So just it's a decision, a willingness, a choice to really feel what's happening inside your body because towards has a, you know, it's an energy. You feel like you want to move towards a person, someone you love or your dog, you want to move towards that dog. That's a way feeling people you don't want to be near. And you don't necessarily have to, if you can't move away physically, it's okay. Just in your mind, recognize that sensation, honor it. Yeah. Yeah. I would, the word, the two words, attraction and repulsion. There you go. Um, just came to mind. Um, and there's people that we just don't want to be around and exactly. others that we really enjoy being around. Right. Um, and with the dogs, that's instant. You know, within an instant, they know they're attracted. This is a dog person. This person wants to say hi. I want to say hi. Let's do it. Hi. You know, and then the repulsion. You know what? This person's afraid of me or I don't like that person's energy. Let's just stay back here where we are, you know, and and you see this with, with really good therapy dogs that they instantly know who wants love and attention and who doesn't. You're visiting in a hospital and some people want the love and attention. Some people don't, you know, and a good dog can tell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they sense us in this whole other way that I wish we could pick up on more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the things that we also talk about is, is helping the dog um, feel and curve into choice. So it's like, a, okay, so what is the dog's opinion about this person? Let's say, does the dog want to move towards or the dog want to move away? And we honor that choice. We don't force the dog to interact with someone that they're showing away behavior. They're not moving close. You know, this person comes up and the dog's not interested. So we're not going to push that in any way. We want the dog we want to feel what the dog is feeling and let them choose to interact or not interact. And that's what preserves their natural sense of towards and away because we're respecting it. Curve into. I like that. Curve into choice. You know, so that it's the notion of kind of just gently moving. If you see dogs that are wanting to, that are healthy and balanced dogs, 
they kind of curve into each other. They don't go charging each other. They just mm. kind of have this soft way of approaching and it's a little bit from the side or just gentle movement. It has curviness to it. Whereas dogs that are um, in a uh, negative response to each other, you'll see them get very stiff. And then you see this charge. There's like this is it's like that snap, you know. So by observing this in a, in our animals, we can come to recognize subtler and subtler nuances of towards and away. Because truthfully, it's a it's a fraction of a second that a dog makes this choice that a dog has either towards or behave away behavior. And we can begin to notice. Obviously, we're going to see very big motion, right? The dog moves towards or moves away from someone. But what are the subtler signals that are happening? And even when you're petting your dog maybe your dog is willing to take it but they kind of give you an away signal they turn their head away or they're not interested we should notice that because if you do it to a cat if you pet a cat longer than they want to be petted you're going to get <laughs> you're going to get swiped at <laughs> right uh, well i was laughing when you mentioned that because indigo she's very like okay i'm done and she'll right. she'll get she'll get up and walk away or fantastic or, or she'll, she'll look at you and go, <laughs> yeah and that's it. Great. And that's so fantastic. Yeah. See, like you're aware of that. It, like if you were not an enlightened dog person, you would continue to pet her or get her to come back or, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff that people do when they don't know that the dog has just done you a, a huge favor by letting you know, okay, enough. Because if we try to override that, things are going to get, the, the trust gets broken. The, it just interferes with the circuitry. You know what I mean? It's like a miscommunication. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, German and Chinese. It's just not right, exactly. It's just not going to connect. And you know, this is something that we point out to our students in the Human Animal Connection program: is how would your life change if you paid more attention to this towards an away guidance system? Because we all have this. It's like our personal GPS: move towards this or move away from this. This somebody tells you this great opportunity. Oh, you should do this. You can make a fortune. Right? You know, something in you says, you know what? This doesn't feel quite truthful or right, or it's not right for me. Whatever. Boom, you're what you move away from it. But if you don't have that working, you might fall for somebody with a great pitch or, you know, somebody who pretends to be something that they're not or a politician or whatever it is. You know, we, we have to be very good at paying attention to what it feels like to want to move towards and what it feels like to want to move away. And if you're new at it, it's going to be a subtle sensation. If you've been doing it for a while, it's going to be loud and clear, like, you know, four alarm fire. <laughs> but when you're first starting it, it's just a vague sensation. No, I don't think so. Not right for me. Or yeah, this feels good. Mm -hmm. But as you pay attention to it, it becomes so loud and so clear that it just is so hard to ignore it. So would you equate this to what we would call our intuition? This is our intuition. This is a, you know, a specific aspect of intuition, looking at attraction and repulsion towards and away, looking at that element of that. So it's, it's a subset. It is intuition, absolutely. Um, it is a particular, very, very important part of navigating our lives. Yeah. I like that. I, <laughs> I wrote about in my, my first book was um, Instinct intelligence and then intuition as this kind of um framework yeah. or natural flow that the animal yeah. just just has that we we have a hard time tapping into exactly so the animal does all three of those things in a second because they're integrated and humans sometimes get them separated so they try to go on intellect first and ignore instinct or ignore intuition or, or maybe some people are just only paying attention to intuition oh i love this person it just felt so good but it wasn't really right you know when they use their intellect and see the whole picture so it is about 
balancing all those elements for humans. For animals, that's already balanced because they're in, if they haven't been traumatized, this is working perfectly, beautifully. Yeah, and people, you don't need an app for this. So you don't need an app for this, but but it might take some practice. <laughs> exactly, like AI can get the intellect part, but they can't get the intuition. Oh, don't get, don't get me started on <laughs> All that. All right, I won't get you started on that. <laughs> uh, I, I think people should be, still be writing for themselves. We, yeah. we lose our creativity the more we hand things off. I believe. So. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been really fun to talk to you about Towards and Away. N the next episode, I think you're going to personally love because it's shaking wisdom. And you've probably seen that in your dog. You've seen your dog shake it off when they get some stress or they need to shift their state of mind, shift their body chemistry. They do a quick shake. It's very, very healthy. And we're going to talk about how humans can use it too. Yeah. Oh, I teach this with the men I work with about being able to discharge whatever that is in the moment. Right. Right. Yes. Dogs awesome. are awesome at that. Yeah. I'm oh. excited. We'll see you then. All right. We'll say aloha for now. Aloha for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Human Animal Connection Show. Please visit our website, thehumananimalconnection.org. There you can sign up for our free email newsletter, book a consultation, or check out our blogs and resources. Our best-selling book, The Human-Animal Connection, is available on Amazon. And your donation of any amount keeps our nonprofit organization providing life-changing services. You can reach Michael Overly, author of Let Your Dog Lead, Musings on How to Create an Exceptional Life, on his website at dogsandmen.com or email michael at dogsandmen.com. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.